everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. I hope you all are surviving out there in this pandemic that we're experiencing. Um, thankfully, the posts about people playing the game pandemic have died down because those were obnoxious. It was getting a little old. Completely excessive. It's like the board game dad joke. I mean, really. That's true. It probably was coming from a lot of board game dads, too. <laughs> that is that is probably true. Um, around our house, days have started to blend together. I have no idea what the date is. I'm usually not sure what day of the week it is. Um, I did change out of pajamas today, so I feel like that was a big accomplishment. And I did shower, so that's like a that's a twofer. Showering is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the pandemic craziness, uh, Jason shaved off all his facial facial hair, and I bought like a rose gold wig off Amazon to start wearing around, just because I feel like it. And you made me wear it, too. I did make Jason wear it, and both my kids. And it's pretty hilarious. So we're just trying trying to get by. I saw a meme that was saying that after being under a stay-at-home order for a couple of weeks, they felt like um, Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining really wasn't that crazy, actually. He was doing fairly well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> all, all things considered, yes. Yeah, so uh, I feel like the, like the major event is like, hey, what are we going to have for lunch? What are we going to do for dinner? Like, that's the most exciting thing to our days for the most part. I mean, Jason and I are both still working, but working from home is very, very strange. Um, at least for me, because I am a people person and I love the interaction. And so I get most, when I teach... You know, I'm teaching based on facial cues and questions and discussion, and that is not really happening right now, even though I try to set up Zoom chats with my students, like two of them show up, so I'm pretty much fed up with that. I'm just basically twiddling my thumbs until the semester is over, and I'll just give them all like B's or something and call it, call it a day. <laughs> pass. Pass for everybody. That's right. There you go. That's my pandemic stimulus to all of you. Add it to your GPA. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. We're in unprecedented times. That's right. I'm just, just we're all just trying to make it. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's, I don't know. Do you have any, any funny banter? I feel like I did all the talking up here at the top. Uh, I don't have a bunch of funny banter. Um, I normally don't carry this segment. <laughs> so it's, exp- yeah, it, it's fine. Pretty okay. Okay. Pretty okay. Let's move on to some pretty okay news. All right, so I'll get started here. I have one thing. I didn't do a bunch of research on it, but the theme is cool to me, so I wanted to mention it. Yes, I'm talking about theme. Get off me. (laughs) What? Uh, Who is this? The pandemic really has changed, Jason. (laughs) So the game I want to talk about is a board game version of the movie They Live. It's called They Live Assault on um, Station 54 or something like that, but the movie is called They Live. It's an old John Carpenter movie with Rowdy Roddy Piper as the, the big time star. And there's a nice quote in there about chewing bubble gum and kicking some booty. <laughs> and that, that's really the only thing that people know about that, that movie is that quote, <laughs> but yeah, I know nothing about this movie. Yeah. You, you, it's a John Carpenter movie, so I'm sure it's not something you want to watch, but the movie is about this guy who finds these magic glasses, sunglasses that when he puts them on, he can see, aliens that are living amongst the humans 
and he can see all the subliminal messaging in like the commercials and the billboards and the propaganda and all that stuff. So it kind of like awakens him from his like, you know, brainwashed sleep or a electric sheep, I guess, whatever. <laughs> so the game is essentially that um, you're trying to figure out who is the alien or who are the aliens. And the only thing I know about this game, because it's the coolest part, is you get to put on some sunglasses and you can see things on the cards that not everybody can see. So it kind of has that main theme of the the movie in the game which is pretty neat so is it like social social deduction like you try to figure out who in the part in the group aliens or is it like people on the game itself uh i think it's a little bit of both Mm. it looked like you you can play where you don't know who anybody is and you have to figure it out or there's going to be like a secret trader or something like that in the middle and you, you can like investigate and see some of their cards and get some clues or whatever um, so if you're interested, go check it out. I didn't do a ton of research on it because pretty okay. And it's from <laughs> Iconic Studios. It has 12 days left and it's $61 for the standard edition, which has a really cool name that has to do with bubble gum. So go check that out. They live. Uh, yeah. The only part that interests me about this is, uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Um, oh yeah. Cause he's awesome. Because he is awesome, and that was like the heyday in wrestling. I used to watch wrestling when he was wrestling with my dad all the time. So, otherwise, <laughs> might be a pass. Honestly, he's not even really that great of an actor in it. It's okay. It's passable. <laughs> but the movie's so, like, cheesy that it kind of works. Like, I, I enjoy the movie. It's fun. So, yeah. There have been some actual good actors come out of professional wrestling, but I don't know that Roddy Piper is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> He, he is not one of them. He, he Stone Cold is better than Roddy Piper, which wow. could tell you something. Yeah, That's saying something. Okay, so on to another game that I am not interested in. <laughs> but um, I think it's something that a lot of other people might be interested in because it's based on a video game. And I've seen some of these pop up, and it is Wolfenstein, the board game. And I used to work in a video store. I've worked in several video stores, actually. And I used to rent out this video game. And I I know a lot of people really like it. Um, It has, like, the Nazi kind of butt-kicking theme to it. And so the board game is no exception. It's a cooperative dungeon crawl. And actually, like, it really has, like, a nice setup for the dungeon. There's walls and doors and everything in there um, where you're laying the tiles. It is, like, heavily kind of miniatured. But, I mean, I feel like that's what you expect with this kind of a cooperative combat-based game um but if you like that video game and you're like man this would be a cool board game here it is so that's wolfenstein the board game there's 10 days left on that on kickstarter and the basic um edition is 120 dollars but that's because you get a lot of plastic with that one uh yeah i'm sure people like this have you played this video game yeah i played wolfenstein a lot i think i actually played it Oh, maybe yeah, it's the wrong game, but I played something like this on the computer back when we were we little lads. Uh, I don't know. Like you have to be quiet, also because like the guards can. I don't yeah, you like sneaking. I think what I played was Castle Wolfenstein or yes, something like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I like this, set yes. in Castle Wolfenstein, and then you're like beating up Nazis. Yes. Yep. That sounds correct. Okay. Well, this is the board game. Um, another game that I thought was interesting, but I would probably not play it because I don't solo game, but I know a lot of our listeners do solo game. And since I like to read and do other things, I feel like Jason should also solo game more. Um, and this game is called the rat catcher. 
And the name automatically pulled me in. And the artwork is really cool. It kind of has this, like, um, gothic, uh, black and white, kind of almost Edward Gorey-esque look to it a little bit. But you are a rat catcher in the kingdom of Bree. And you have to save the magical cheese from this plague of rats. Which I think that the premise is hilariously amazing. Um, And so it's like this adventure game where you go through as a rat catcher. You are trying to collect um, the magic cheese. You are trying to then take out a bunch of rats. Tiles are being laid out in the township. So it can be expanding. It's kind of it like build because as you go, as you move up, you can then customize your rat catcher. Um, you There are different rats that do different types of things, attack in different ways. Um, and like it has really actually really great components for a solo game. It's not chintzy at all. The tiles, it, it's tiles that you're laying out that I, but I believe, I think they're cards, but they look awfully thick that are laid out for you to take your actions on. Um, again, the artwork is super cool. And there's little, the there's blue cheese tokens to simulate the, the magical cheese. And then there are shaped rat meeples. That's right. Shaped meeples, everybody. You know, that's my weakness. It seems kind of cool. I actually would maybe play this if I ever solo gamed, but I just really don't. Um, because I'm like a super extrovert and I, I just always want people. I would pick up a solo game and be like, you know what? I want to ask someone if they want to play this with me. And that defeats the whole point of a solo game. But this one has some really great components. These shaped rat meeples. And they're like, I think at least three different types of these rats. And the meeples are different, like look different. Um, and they come in this bag that you draw them out of. It looks pretty cool. And so there's 24 days left on Kickstarter. If you want to go check that out, if you're a solo gamer, if you like those kind of adventuring games, if you like that kind of gothic-ish artwork, because um, really, I don't know that it's exactly based on the fairy tale of the Pied Piper of Hamelin, but that story is actually pretty creeptastic if you go to the, the original story of it. And so it does have like kind of a creepy vibe, but it's still like... I think fun enough that, you know, it's the kingdom of Brie and you're getting magical cheese and it's like blue cheese, like from, it's just cool. So 24 days left in that Kickstarter and um, the base game, which comes with those shaped meatballs, is only 42 bucks. So I feel like that's a pretty good deal. So that is the rat catcher. Yeah, it does sound kind of neat. I, I don't know. I just worry. Sometimes solo games are just like dungeon crawls and that's not my thing. But this doesn't sound like that, which... I mean, cool. I, I think there's some of the idea of it that you are, like, you're t- you're attacking rats. So, yeah, there's combat. And, the like, the part of, like, Dunder Call where you can, like, customize your, your character. And as it goes, it kind of, you can get more different powers and stuff like that. So there is a similarity, I think, in that. But, like, one of the win conditions is to get ten wedges of magic cheese. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, right catcher. All right, yeah. That's it for the news. Uh, we're struggling a little in games played because, yeah. and it, I, I, I will admit it's my fault because yes, I do like to play board games, um, but like right now we're in we're playing a legacy, you know, the Clank Legacy game, so that's the same game over and over again. Um, I'm still playing a lot of Consulting Detective, my last case in the the very first 
um, game. And so I just keep playing that over and over again. And so then we play games like with my sister or my sister-in-law, you know, we, they like to play some of the same games because they're, they're, they're kind of new to the hobby. So when, since we try to talk about games, we haven't talked about all the time. It's, it's a little slim on the ground. So Jason actually did pl- do some solo plays this week to try and help you all out. Yeah, so by solo, I actually played them two-player, but by myself. Because I'd rather do that than play solo. It just is more fun to me. <sighs> so what I played is a couple games from the company Ape Games. I'm going to talk about one, and then I'll get to the other one later. And the first one that I played is called Rice Dice from our boy PDB, Philip DeBerry. And this is essentially a dice version of his bigger game called Spirits of the Rice Patty. It has the same kind of deal where you're trying to um, get these certain patties. They're going to have spirits that are associated with them, which essentially give them a special ability. And then you're going to have to roll dice to get water, to get um, workers, to harvest, plant, and weed your field. And you're also trying to get um, dice rolls to either put weeds in your opponent's patties or to be able to um, get cards to expand your patty. You can have a maximum patty size of four cards. Each card is a patty. So uh, it's essentially a race. You're trying to be the first person to harvest your patties to score 100 rice. So each patty has is worth like 5, 10, 15, 25 points. So if you harvest some of them a couple of times, you're going to be really close to winning. So that was Rice Dice. Uh, and there's also a video on the YouTube page if you want to go check that out for more of what the game looks like and how it plays. Yeah, I did really want to play this, um, especially because I wanted to play the board game Spirits of the Rice Patty. So I'd like to actually get both of those to the table at some point. Yeah, somebody commented on the video for Rice Dice and said it took them a couple times through Spirits of the Rice Patty to really figure out figure it out. But once they got it to click, they said it's one of the most different and... Um, fulfilling Euro games they've played. Nice. And and we, we love PDB and definitely want to support him in all things. Um, For sure. He's a so, great dude. Yeah. And so that makes me feel a little bit better that the, cause our first time we tried to play it, I was like, I, I, I'm not getting this. What is happening? So I, yeah, I'm willing to, to give it another go and, and figure it out. And I'd also like to try the dice version because I, I like the theme. I think it's neat and actually, you know, accurate to rice planting really so it seems fun all right so we did play a game together um our new hotness buddy brought over some games for us to try um during quarantine so we had like a little trade and um it we tried a feast for odin which we i did. have never played before we have played several by uve his latest stuff i am not a fan of because he's doing all the spatial manipulation crap and yeah y'all know how i feel about that i can't abide by that this game had some of that too it did, and I did not like that. But thankfully, I could actually physically place the tiles and move them around, so I didn't feel it was it was okay. It was okay. Right, yeah. It's not as punishing, that part of it, I don't think, in this one. Right. No, no. And I felt like that was better. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with Feast for Odin, it is like a lot of boards. <laughs> there are a lot of boards. So yeah, you, yeah. you have some Vikings, I would imagine. You have your own group of Vikings, and you're trying to send them out to, um, like, just live. Like Pillage. Have, pillage and raid and plunder. Well, they can pillage and raid. They can go exploring like Vikings did. I can't say do. Um, you know, you also need to be able to... <laughs> I mean, f- they might still do it. 
I, I, I don't know how many, you know, actual legit Vikings we have around. That's true. I'm just saying. Um, did slash Jew, maybe. I don't know. If you're a Viking and you're listening to this and you're out there pillaging, let us know on the Facebook page. Um, and that'll stand corrected. They, you have to be able to feed your people in Uwe fashion. So you have to, you can hunt or collect food. You can have animals that can then um, give you food and or like other kinds of goods. And so you're going to use certain types of goods to either feed your people or use the goods to try and start filling up these like land areas that you have. So you have one on your player board and um, you can fill it up to get income. You can also fill up these spaces to block some negative points. Um, You can get other like spaces like for land, new lands to explore or like different housing type places that you can also put these items to give you points, to give you um, resources and to, ultimately block negative points just a a lot of stuff going on but at its heart um worker placement resource management kind of thing right yeah it's it's worker placement with like 63 spaces it is there are a lot that that you can go to it's in it's intense i mean for two people obviously but still yeah uh yeah i i liked it i still don't know if i like it better than lahav or agricola but it, it was enjoyable and i think Knowing what I know about it now, I would have played the seven rounds instead of the six, because yeah. then you'd actually have more time to put more stuff on your boards. Yeah, when we first started, I was like, how, I can't even, there's no way I'll ever be able to fill up my home board, so I'm not going to try and get any, I'm not going to explore, I'm not going to get a house, I'm not going to do any of that, because it's just going to be overwhelming. Um, and I did, I, I felt a lot of the game was overwhelming. I'm just like, how do I get what I need? Okay, well, that's the best I can do. And, um, so it was, it, it was okay. I would play it again. Um, but I think I, I like Agricola better. I think Agricola scratches the same itch for me in a way that I like better. Yeah, I agree. I like punishing games, but I felt like this one, one, it took forever to explain, forever to learn. Cause there's like 9,000 different spaces you can go to. Uve's rule books are garbage, in my opinion. And then you got when once I learned it, then I had to explain it, which takes thirty more minutes. So it's just a lot of fiddly rules for a game that's really not even that complicated. So right. yeah, yeah. Even then, like, and then you have all these cards for occupations, which are cool, but then you have to have a whole separate book to explain all the occupations because I feel like the symbology is not as straightforward as it probably should be. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, Feast for Odin, it was pretty okay. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I didn't hate it. Right, but right. I, I also didn't love it either. Yeah, I don't think we need to own this one. I agree. I agree. So, going on to another solo game that I did while you were probably reading or doing something. <laughs> Who knows? And this is another game from Ape Games, and I also did a video for this. It's actually going to be going on Kickstarter, I think, later this month or maybe early next month. I'm not 100% sure. The, uh, they didn't have a date. So this game is called Island Siege. Island Siege? That game came out in 2013. Why are they hitting Kickstarter again? Great question. It's an anniversary edition. In case anybody had that question. So this new version is a reimplementation of the old version. The old version was two players. This one can now play up to four. And this one is also going to come with three expansions or like 
I don't know, modules. They don't add a ton, but more cards and a couple extra boards. And what you're doing in this game is you're basically trying to race to be either the first person to get $20 or coins or gold, whatever the monetary is, and or get all of your col- colonists from your colonial board out to forts and or buildings and or ships. And if you can do that at the start of your turn, you have $20 or you have all your people gone, you win the game. To do that, um, you're going to do one of a couple actions on your turn. You can draw some cards. You can move some of your people to a building, or you can attack the other player to get some of their their colonists that they have out on buildings back to their colonial board to keep them in check so they're farther away from winning. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward game. plays in about 30, 40 minutes, uh, at least at my solo two-player experience. It might take longer than that with somebody actually making real decisions. Um, so yeah, Island Siege Anniversary Edition. Check out the video and... When it goes on Kickstarter, if you want to know more information, there'll be a link to that in the video description. Do you think I would like this game? Uh, you might. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. Like you're just building buildings and rolling some dice for some attacking. It's it's not bad. It's a, a Euro game with a little bit of combat, essentially. Okay, hmm. because like, and it's a it's a pirate theme. I do like pirates, but just the name Island Siege makes it seem like it's a lot about fighting and. I don't know that I want that. It really does seem like that. And if you, and honestly, if you don't fight, you're going to lose the game because the other person is just going to win by getting their people out. So you have to fight, but it's not all that. There's other strategy around the game as well. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Sounds good. And that's really pretty much all we've played. So this week, I, w- I thought instead of just talking about like a countdown of some games or whatever, I thought about all the people that we play games with. And I know that some of you um, have trouble finding just one person to play games with. Uh, but Jason and I have many, many gaming groups. I mean, we could bring... And they're, they're all different. They play different styles of games. They're all different. They're all different. They are all different. They're all different. And part of that is because we are like the... Proselyte, we're like proselytizing for board gaming. Um, but I guess in a nice, I told Jason, like, there's a couple ways to look at this. We either are like the Mormon Jehovah's Witness doorstep equivalent of board game. We carry games on our backpack and ride our little bikes around, yes, with our, with our ties and our straw hats. Um, or we're like drug dealers that are like, hey, hey, you need to check this out. But a nicer way, I think, to say it is we have kind of particular ways that we seduce people into becoming board gamers. Seduction. <laughs> See, you have to go make it weird. I said it nice. You did. Yeah, but it's got to be weird. Pretty okay. Yeah, I know. You got to make it weird. Um, so in we have so many gaming groups, and ever we go, we just kind of bring people into the board gaming hobby and there are different levels for sure but in all of our years of our board game seduction we have some pretty um i don't want to say hard and fast rules but we have some pretty tried and true ways that we bring people over to the dark side and in the dark side we have board games and cookies so Jason, what is one way that we get people into board games? All right. So 
one way that we like to seduce people, seduction. Stop it. Into playing video, uh, video games. We don't play video games. Board games is with a quirky theme or a theme that everybody can recognize. So an accessible theme. By using games. That's what you Yes, by, by using games. So like say there's uh, a famous painter who had an afro. <laughs> and, and he had a show on PBS, and he liked to make happy little trees and all that stuff. Who, who is that? I don't. Who are you talking about? Maybe his name was Bob Ross. <laughs> oh. So say there was a game about this guy named Bob Ross, and he liked to chill. <laughs> we might bring that game out to people who would be familiar with Bob Ross and think, "Wow, I'd play a game about Bob Ross. That's silly and weird." Let's give that a try, and then they'd realize, "Hey, this is actually a pretty solid game with a really weird and." Peaceful theme. So that that's kind of what we're talking about with quirky and accessible themes. Yeah, another one that another game that we've had success with, and this is what usually happens. So people will say, Hey, you wanna come over and hang out? Or why don't you guys come over for dinner and we'll invite a couple other families or hey, let's all get together. And sometimes they'll say, Oh, yeah, you guys play board games, don't you? Why don't you bring a couple board games? Or oh Mistake wanna- number one. Yeah. Ask asking. That's the first, that's the, that's, that's the fatal flaw. Um, but, or they'll say, hey, well, let's come over and hang out. Um, and we'll say, oh, well, we have some board games if you guys, you know, want to want to do that. And they'll say, oh, yeah, sure. Because people aren't usually anti-board game. So uh, we, we have this strategy. Because when they first come over, you first go over and they suggest board games. You got to hook them, right? So with this quirky theme, you can bring out Bob Ross because no one can resist the fro and the happy trees. Or we also like to bring out a game called Bring Out Your Dead, which people think is crazy. Like, it's a game about death and there's little tiny coffins. And it's like morbid, but still silly. And it kind of calls back to Monty Python a little bit. So that gets people's humor going. And uh, we people really dig it. And it's not a super complex game really at its heart and you're always watching what other players are doing because you're like trying to get your family onto the cart so uh bring out your dead with this kind of like kooky theme has seduced the masses on more than one occasion yeah i mean there's something that people seem to enjoy about taking their family members and either throwing them into the river or burying them in a plot (laughs) (laughs) right a lot of our uh our church gaming group seem to get too much of a kick out of this so i don't know if that should be Good, if that's good, or if that should be worrisome. Right, but they're kind of morbid. Yeah. So speaking of our church group, another theme that works really well is a theme of demons. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> that you get. I mean, I none of it. them will ever listen to our podcast, but... Right, yes. But another f- quirky, weird theme is, um, a, like this demon that is trying to recruit human souls to come work for them in the underworld. And that game would be demon worker. And Joel made fun of this game, like ad nauseum. But again, like he mentioned before, it's demon worker and it seems terrible. Like, Oh, I'm going to play Beelzebub, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. like cutesy cartoon. Like, like if my little pony creators made uh, a cartoon about demons, it would look like this board game. Like, it's adorable, and everything's really super abstract, too, so you don't feel like you're, like, making goat sacrifices or anything. Like, it's not about that right. at all. Right. When you go, like, take the souls from the the humans, you get these little tokens that are little smiley faces. 
to signify that you ate their soul. <laughs> like it's 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 interesting. It's silly, but like if you're, it's an it's a really simple game, and it takes you can play it in like thirty thirty five minutes. So you can say, hey, I have this really weird theme about being like Beelzebub and Satan. They're like, huh? And then you bring it out, and they're like, this is really silly and weird. And then you you get your teeth in them. You get your your teeth in them, and they're hooked at that point. I think it's claws, not teeth, honey. I was being a demon. Oh, okay. They still have claws, too. That's true. You're right. Moving on. Another my, metaphors are, <laughs> my metaphors are not good. They are all mixed up. Le- leave the yeah. words. Leave the words to me. Um, an- another way that we um, like strategically pick games is we look for games um, that have little downtime or where... Um, players are all are it's like simultaneous kind of action where people are always doing something on other people's turn your turn depends on what someone else does so you're watching carefully um for example like bonanza um there is one person who is taking the beans and planting the beans but then they have beans that they have to do something with from the draw pile and so on every other person's turn, you're saying, okay, do I want those beans? Can I make a trade? Will they trade with me? Like there's that kind of social thing that happens on every turn. So you're always involved, not just on your turn. And for people who are new to board games or new to the idea of board games, keeping them engaged at all times is really key. Because once you see people start like to get bored or like start messing on their phone or like wander off, you've totally lost them. So a great way to keep them engaged is something like a game like Bonanza where you're always involved in a turn. Yeah, another game that's worked pretty well that has that same kind of deal where you are actually doing something on everybody's turn is Dice Forge. So on every player's turn, you're going to be rolling your dice and collecting resources and or gold and or points. So even though it's not your turn, you're still doing something, you're moving some tracks around, you're trying to figure out, you know, what you're going to do on your turn with all your newfound wealth. And so, you know, your turn takes 12 seconds, but if you're doing something on everybody else's turn, it makes it feel like you're playing more of the game than just sitting there hanging out on your phone or what have you. Yeah. And another one that I think everyone has really enjoyed is Quacks of Quedlinburg. And that's- As they should. Well, right. The game is awesome number one but the fact that everyone is taking a turn at the same time so you are working on your board you're hearing people around you be like oh uh, oh oh i'm at five you know oh yeah i drew out a green one and you're also doing your thing and working on your pot and seeing where you're going and making choices um that makes that game really great because everyone is always involved doing something also Another thing about Quacks that makes it a great game to start seducing people into board games is the push-your-luck element. And I think we have done a number of games that are like that. Um, Quacks, Fire in the Library, um, the (laughs) the infamous Homestretch. Games that are, um, I also like Fool's Gold. Games that are kind of push-your-luck-based, I think, take the pressure off new gamers who have to be worried about strategy or not knowing how to play the game right because there's that high luck element. So you're just making, everyone's just making the best with what they have. And that lets them feel competitive with experienced gamers. So I think that's another really great way to start sinking your claws into those little newbies who have never played games before. The push your luck element, as well as games where everyone's work, like doing something at the same time. Or there's little downtime between turns. Right. And if people are playing with me, they're going to win. So they can always count on that. Well, there's that. 
All right, so the next thing that we do that has worked pretty well is we find games that have minimal rules or simple turn sequences. So a lot of people who we started playing games with at like church camp or people who go to our church, they don't play a ton of games. They may play some party games. They might play Monopoly, Clue, you know, those normal types of games that everybody plays. So we want to make sure that we can bring out a game. It draws them in, maybe using some of the other two criteria that we've already talked about. And we don't have to explain it to them for 47 minutes. Right. So we can sit down and say, hey, you're going to have these cards. You're going to play one of these cards. You're going to do this thing. And then you're going to just be done. So one of the games that works well for this, and I know it works well because it's worked at church camp. So that's like my bar kind of for some of these. And that's Century Spice Road. So everybody knows Century who listened to our podcast probably. But if you don't, it's a, a card game where you're trying to get these different color resource cubes. And you're trying to convert these resource cubes into better cubes to fulfill these contracts, which need specific colors of cubes. And on your turn, you're going to either play a card, fulfill a contract, or pick up your cards. That's it. So there's one thing you do on your turn out of three things. And then it's, that's it. It's easy to teach. It's easy to show everybody what the cubes are, how they upgrade and all that. Super simple game, but very fun. So Century Spice Road. Yeah, because when you go into a bunch of rules, people's eyes start glazing over. They're like, I'll never remember this. Or they'll say, oh, this seems really hard and complicated. And even if the game's not, because they don't know any better. Right, because there's more than four four rules. Right. They grew up playing Monopoly and Clue, so they never had to have those rules really explained to them. You know, So the, the idea of, of more than like four rules just overwhelms them at first. So... You just you gotta start out in the shallow end of the pool. Um, Splendor is also another a game that's a lot like that. I think another thing that works for Splendor is that it's really tactile, and I love picking up those yeah. poker chips. Yeah, and the I, poker chips are nice, and I think people like that too. And I, I, it's one of the first games I really got into because it was shiny, had shiny things, and I, I don't know, I just liked it a lot. Um, but there, you're picking up gems, or you're cashing in gems to get gems. I mean. <laughs> Like, yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's There's two things you can do in your turn. That's it. Yep. Right. So, um, it's it's not it's not hard to say, but but once you start playing, it's fun. Even for seasoned gamers, that idea is fun. And then once you've got those simple games, then they've got a foundation of concepts and of concepts of rules that make giving the longer rule explanations. Like, just a bit easier because they've already got the foundation of, okay, Century, like, if you've got the Century Spice Road Foundation, you know, how, you know, understand contract fulfillment, you understand using cards um, to take actions. There's a whole yep. ton of games that you can start with that basis and move forward. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and probably the easiest one that we have on our list of these three is Love Letter. So good. In, in whatever iteration that you would like, be it Munchkin, Batman, whatever, it doesn't matter, they all play the same. But not only does this game have minimal rules, simple turns, it also has 16 cards. If you're playing with just the standard version, the deluxe one has more, but it's still is simple to play. So this game, you're drawing a card. You have two cards in your hand. You draw one, you play one. What you play, you do. If you ever have to discard the queen or the princess, you're out. That's essentially the game. Um, do this over like four or five rounds and then whoever has the most hearts is the winner. It's super easy, super straightforward. And everybody I've played it with gets it and haven't, 
doesn't usually have a ton of questions. Yeah, I played this with um, some teenage girls that I was taking to some to a youth group thing, and they caught on like super quick at first. Like, okay, now what does this card do? What does this card do? But again, Love Letter has those great handouts, which I think is another thing that's helpful to have a player guide to show people what either what to do on their turn or to explain what they're seeing in front of them. So it explains the cards. And after you kind of, you know, you could sit there and explain every card. But again, that's that's going past their idea of simple rules. So you just say, you take it, you draw a card, you play a card. And here here's a handout with what the cards are and what they do. And then as they start playing, you ask questions. Usually I play an open hand the first round. So I'm saying, hey, here's what this card is. And here's what this card is. Here's what they do. I'm going to choose one. Now, I did have this fail once. I had love letter fail. Did I tell you about this? Yeah, wasn't it with the church ladies? Yes, I took it to the women's group. And we played the deluxe version, which because there were so many people that they all wanted to play together. There was maybe nine people or something or eight or nine people. So I was like, okay, we can play this. They could not get it. They, they just couldn't get it. There's always that one crowd. And, and I think it's because a lot of them are like, want our detail people. And so they want to know what each card was. And I'm like, you don't want me to explain each card. And because there is strategy to Love Letter, but you pick that up and you catch on as you play it. And since it's the same thing for several rounds, it's easy for people to get. So I won't say this that Love Letter's fail-proof, but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's it's like 95% success rate. Yeah. That I I mean I probably just taught it badly. I could have done better. Then maybe it would have worked. I mean, you you draw a card, you play a card. There you, you taught the game. Well, that's what I thought I did, but <laughs> that's it. That's all you can say. <laughs> and the final way, and one of my favorite ways, and this is probably what still seduces me about board games, is we like to bring out games with pretty artwork. Now, I might be the biggest sucker for artwork. And not everyone is as, you know, pulled in by a pretty face as I am. But there is something to be said for looking at the cover of a beautifully illustrated game and looking at the cover of, like, Risk or something. Like, when you are really into gaming, like us, you you can get those really ugly, heavy Euros that are all, like, orangey-yellow and have hey, big white Those are gorgeous. Those are gorgeous. You're delusional. But games like Takenoko, for example. Now, Takenoko has a little bit more rules, but you get to play with pretty colored bamboo. You get an adorable little panda. You get this cute little gardener guy. The tiles are these beautiful colors, green and pink and yellow. Um, People just are willing, I think, to learn a little bit more. And there's not that many rules in that game, but... A little bit more than a basic draw a card, play a card. Right, yeah. But people are willing to work through that because they're like, oh, what's this game? This panda game. This looks cute. Oh, you can stack up those those pieces there? Oh, that looks neat. They're in. You got them. They're on the hook. Reel that sucker <laughs> in. Yep. That one does work pretty well. Like, seeing the bamboo and the panda on the board, is, there's really something to that. It does look nice. There's not many games that do stuff like that, at least that most people that we would be teaching this game to have played. So I think that just kind of blows your mind a little bit. Yeah. So since we're talking about Asian-themed games, another game that is beautiful and is also easy to play and easy to teach is Takedo. So this is a game all about taking a walk. 
You're just taking a walk, trying to <laughs> meet some people, go eat to the hot food. springs, eat some food, get some souvenirs. Paintings. Yeah, do some painting. Maybe go to the temple and do a little worshiping, because what else you got to do? You're just taking a walk. But the game's gorgeous. It's it's all really beautiful pictures of the characters. Uh, the board is white, with the and the colors just pop out, like the spaces that you can go to. It just looks really nice. So it's not, I don't think it's as pretty as Takenoko, but it's pretty in like a different way. It's a more like sleek, like sophisticated look, I think, than Takenoko. And I, I really enjoy the way that it looks. Yeah, it really uses white space like really effectively. Like it is a more sophisticated, like if you like true Asian art, this will really appeal to you. Whereas Takenoko has a lot of bright colors and like fun cartoon aspects to yeah, it. It's more cartoony for this sure. This is like that beautiful understated kind of look. And honestly, not that difficult of a game to explain how to play. There's just some little extra rules that you can kind of talk about as you go. But people are like, ooh, oh, so we get those? Can I can I see what they look like? And so they're looking at the souvenirs, and you can explain how you get them and what you need. And, oh, look at this food. And, yeah. That- yeah, I think the, trick, the trickiest part about this game is the player powers, I think. Oh, right. Because that could be a new element that people haven't experienced before. That's true. But, again, it's not hard. It's just a one more additional rule that is a little tricky. Yeah, in a similar vein, and this one is wildly popular, um, and we have played it everywhere, and that is Parks. Yeah, this is all right. This is okay. <laughs> we love this game. <laughs> um, and, again, it's that Takedo style of you're, you're going on a hike. You're going on a hike. you got two dudes. They're going to hike. And there really are a lot less spaces on it, so there's not a lot of movement. And you it's that contract fulfillment almost like simple like century spice road so you go to a space you collect the stuff and then you can go to the in space and turn in and get get a park and so then each round of some if it when a new tile comes out you can explain what the new space does but it's pretty straightforward but the artwork like the gorgeous scenes of all the national parks um i like for me obviously i'm a sucker for the shaped maples of the resources which people like the feel of those um the special little animal meeples that you can get as wilds. People like the different, what the different ones that you can pick, the different little pictures that you can take. Those are all really beautiful. Like it's just gorgeous artwork and it, it really has a nice basic theme. And, and once you, they get that idea of, okay, here's a kind of game where you're moving forward along the space. It's contract fulfillment again that gorgeous artwork drew them in you taught them a basic principle about board games that can lead them to other games it's just so pretty to look at yeah and actually if you've played Takedo, parks would be a good next step because they have that same kind of movement mechanism where you can move as far as you want forward but you can't go backwards right or even vice versa because parks i think actually has less kinds of things that you're collecting so in some ways it's a little more straightforward than Takedo is yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, they're they're both super easy to teach and play, but yeah, I can see that. So, so I, I'm going to talk about this last one here. <laughs> it's probably the heaviest one in this section. It is. I almost didn't talk about it because I thought it might be too heavy. Yeah, I but I think we play with some smart people sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> and I think they can handle this. So that game is Everdell. So there's no disputing that this game is gorgeous. The art is amazing in all the cards. <laughs> The board looks really good. The little stupid tree that gets in the way looks really nice. <clears throat> but there definitely is a lot of rules overhead for this one. Uh, essentially, it's 
a worker placement game or playing cards. But the way that you have to play some cards can get tricky. So you're using worker placement to go to spaces to collect goods. And then on a later turn, you can use those goods to build a card. So I think this one's a little more tricky because it's not just doing one thing or the other. It's I can either do this or I can do this. So I can either do worker placement or I can play a cards. And then I play a cards, play a card. Or then I can pass and go into a different season while everybody else is on the same season and I have extra workers and I but I free up some spaces. So it's it's trickier to teach. It's still not difficult by any stretch of the imagination. We have played this with people who don't play a ton of games and it went over well. But I think part of it is because it's it's pretty to look at. So Everdell, if you want a little bit of a heavier game than the other three that we've talked about. Right. If people are saying, hey, I'm willing to sit down and try to learn a game. I'm, I'm not real good at games. You know, I played, you know, Monopoly. I played Trail Pursuit or whatever. Say, okay, if you're willing to learn, I think that the gorgeous artwork does draw them in. The cute animals are so flippin' adorable. I can't stand it. Um, I love to play with the little berries because they're nice and squishy and the pretty resin. Like, I love those like upgraded components that are so fun to play with and tactile. Cause apparently I'm a child and <laughs> need all my senses stimulated when I play a game. Um, <laughs> but, but if you teach it once and I think we taught it um, to some kind of noobs and they really enjoyed it. And they said, okay, I played it once. I get it now. I really would like to play it again because now I feel like I, I understood it. And so this one might take, another turn or two so if you have people that are kind of impatient and just want to learn a game and get it over with definitely wouldn't start with everdale everdell but um everdale stop i sound like that lady that was on (laughs) wheel of fortune tonight (laughs) yeah bless her heart my husband clyde my son clyde his other my brother clyde (laughs) Our dog Clyde. His dad Clyde. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Uh, But yeah, I think Everdell is one that if you have people that are wanting to kind of get into the game, seeing a little bit or are willing to see what you're interested in, the beauty of that artwork really helps. So if you're like us and you're like, I need to play with more people and you've got some friends. I mean, obviously during the pandemic, this is not going to happen, but... We want to gear you up for once the stay-at-home orders are lifted, you can just go out and visit everybody, and you'll be bringing the games. Or they'll be coming to your house and saying, hey, you guys seem like you had a great time during the pandemic. I saw you post all these pictures of these games that you were playing. You weren't bored at all. This is how you seduce those people into being your board gaming group friends. So this is how Jason and Katie do it. Number one, we play games with quirky and very accessible and familiar themes. We play games with little downtime or where players have something going on on everyone else's turn. We introduce games that have minimal rules and simple turn sequences. And we bring out the guns that are sexy to look at. So the pretty artwork games. Yes. I had to get some other seductive words in there. Maybe it's just me. You don't need to bring the games then. That's true. I love that. But, I mean, crickets, Jason. Insert the crickets right no, there. No, I'm just you trying to nothing. keep this board game related. Every you, time no, I try to get, you always make it weird. You always make it weird, and then when I go to build on it, you're like, "Whoa, whoa, cross the line! What's wrong with you? Explicit rating, beep you out." Yeah, I'm beeping all that out. That's it. Do it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't listen to this crap anyway. I don't. 
<laughs> and neither does anybody else. Uh, hey. Except five of you. Thank you, guys. The five of you that listen to us, we love you. So There's like seven. Okay, so seven. 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 So, how do you seduce people into board gaming? What are your tips and tricks? Tell us. Join the Facebook group, The Riveted. Please, we'd love to have you. We'll let anybody in, because we are pretty okay. And so are our standards. Um, Instagram. Our standards might be less than pretty okay, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> but the content's pretty okay. Um, Instagram. We're on Twitter. We've got a YouTube channel where my husband posts videos all the time. And I do not. <laughs> I probably should work no. on that. Yeah, you do not. I, I need to. I need to. Um, we do live plays on Facebook, so on our Facebook page. So any of the ways that you want to email us. If you want to write us a letter, do that. Just just DM us or something, and we'll give you the address. And you can write us a letter if you want to do old-fashioned. Or if you have a passenger pigeon. I don't like birds, but I would, I would you know, take a letter from one. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I would take a letter from that. That'd be sweet. Yeah. So we want to hear from you. How do you get people to game? What are your tips? So, and, and let us know if these work for you or if you think we're like way off and crazy because that's also highly possible. Actually, likely. <laughs> yeah, it's probably possible and likely. Not just possible, but entirely likely that we are crazy. But we do play games with lots of different people. We have lots of different groups that we game with on all different levels. So I guess we're doing something right. Or maybe it's just my natural charisma and charm. I'm sure it's Jason. <laughs> Or maybe it's just because nobody wants to buy games, so they just know we'll bring some. I don't think that's true, because they ask us what games to buy. Oh, that is true. You're right. See? You're right. See? You're right. Quit trying, it's probably me, then. Quit trying it's to pull back me. into your introvert shell. Yeah. Jason's <laughs> life for the party. Everybody wants to come over. So chatty and uh, Yep. Talkative. You can tell by the first three minutes of this podcast how <laughs> chatty I am. That's right. <laughs> All right, before this gets even any crazier, stay healthy out there. Wash your hands. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.